Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That Old Testament lesson from Isaiah 45, last week we heard also from Isaiah in chapter 25. That Old Testament lesson. The call to Cyrus, the call for us to see the God who's behind the mask. That's our text. You know this, I mean, at least you know this in, uh, in theory. There are people who know more than you do, right? There are people who know a lot more than you. Of course there are. I was the beneficiary of some knowledge, both, I think, cerebral and practical, from Lyle Tolch in the last couple of months. Some of you have been watching. If you watch the Facebook devotions that I post uh, back in early August, I had some trees taken down in our backyard. Huge trees, way bigger than I should ever try to do, bigger than I asked Lyle to do. But he did wonderfully volunteer, only for the cost of the wood that he'll be using to come and help chop up cut into into parts uh, all this trunk and limbs that were just massive. And my was I glad. Why? Because I realized with this large tree laying on a hill, or two trees actually laying on a hill in our backyard, this was dangerous work. Pieces of wood bigger than I could, with another person's help, put arms around But I learned that Lyle knows more than I do. He knows where wood is going to go after it's been cut and how to bring just the right tools, whether it's two chainsaws, it's a tractor, it's the grapple that picks up the wood when necessary, to bring wedges and all the things that help make the job possible and safe. It was just one more time that I learned there are people who know more than me. Obviously. And I'm quite certain that you are skilled in many ways that are also way more knowledgeable than me. In all kinds of arenas of life, you know more than some other people. Thanks be to God for that. And there are more who know more than you. And no one, no one knows more than the triune God. Roughly 150 years before he was born, God named Cyrus and said that he would be the king of Persia. And that that king, even though he did not acknowledge God, didn't know Yahweh by faith, that that unbelieving king would be one of Yahweh's masks in the world, one of God's tools in the world. You see, our Old Testament lesson was written 
through the prophet Isaiah for the people of Israel when they were in the Babylonian captivity in roughly the year 600 BC. They were suffering. Suffering in bondage, in exile, in Babylon, and suffering particularly because of their own sins, because of their apostasy, their forsaking of the faith. But God was promising 150 years before their rescue, roughly, that he was going to use, of all people, a Persian king named Cyrus. God knows more than you. And he knows what his people need. He knows what to send. He knows what to use. He knows who to be, what to do. And so he works. And he works through means, through things and people, sometimes simple means, things like water and bread and wine and words on a page and words from a pastor's mouth and words from another Christian's mouth. Simple means, and sometimes it's surprising what he uses. Even an unbelieving king like Cyrus of Persia, he works, and he works to save me and you. To save people like us who think that we know better. Admit it, many times you think you know better. Too many times the things about which we worry, the things about which we post in media, they reveal that we take second things and we make them first things. Things that aren't of ultimate importance, we turn them into what we think are things of first importance. You see, the first commandment still is our struggle. You shall have no other gods before me. But we make other gods, like foolish idols of men and women. We make idols of possessions and of power, of sex and income. We think we know more or at least we act like it, we worry like it, we talk like it. Martin Luther taught that the human heart and head manufacture, manufactures idols. And it's manufactured by what we fear and what we love and what we trust. And what we make with our fear and love and trust that's not in the triune God are puny little impotent Idols that can't save can only cause us more trouble. We make impotent idols, but God doesn't. God knows what to send, and send him he does. God knows what to do, what to use, and he does it. And when his beloved people of Israel were suffering in exile, even suffering for the sake of their own sins, God knew what to do. And he promised an unlikely rescuer, the king of Persia, would in about 539 B.C. march into Babylon 
and the gates would be open and the people of Israel would be free. God would conquer through of all things this mask of Cyrus and it all came to pass. Our confirmands studied this past week in class both in our 6th and 7th grade Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. They studied the fall and Cain and Abel. But in the midst of that lesson that was largely about our fall into sin, was also buried the first promise of the gospel. They studied Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when God made a promise all the way back in the garden. Immediately after Adam and Eve had fallen or jumped into sin, God made a promise of the offspring of the woman, a child to be born who would crush Satan's head. And it all came to pass. God knew what to send. And that child did grow up to be a conqueror. Not a king over little Persia, but the Lord of lords for all people. Promised in the Garden of Eden, God knew what to do. God knew what to send, who to be, what to do. And he sent his son for notorious know-it-alls like you and me. He knew what to do. And Jesus Christ was sent, the real deal, the rescuer, to save the entire world. He was not impressive, but he was and he is God in the flesh. Ken Klaus told a story uh, years ago on the Lutheran Hour that was reportedly a true story from the 19th century about a violinist in Europe who owned one of the most prized possessions of all violinists, a Stradivarius violin worth millions, maybe even back then. One of the finest instruments. And he traveled from city to city and made his presentations, did his performances. And the people were amazed at the beauty. And after every one of his concerts, it seemed, the people said the same thing. We have heard the most wonderful music from a Stradivarius. And again and again and again, he kept hearing it. And so you know what he did? He went to what would have been in those days something like a pawn shop. And he bought a $5 fiddle and did his next concert in a city on that instrument. And the crowd said the same thing. They awed at the music and said, we have heard the most wonderful music from a Stradivarius. And yet he described, it certainly wasn't. And with that lesson described, explained what is obvious to you, that the instrument isn't important. It is the one who uses the instrument. Bring it back to Isaiah 45. God used a $5 fiddle in Cyrus of Persia. God knew what to do, who to use, and what to be. And in it all, he was teaching Cyrus and he was teaching the people of all the world. He was teaching you and me the last words of that Old Testament lesson. 
I am the Lord. There is no other. Besides me, there is no God. He said, I equip you, Cyrus, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. God Almighty is behind the instrument, behind the mask. He not only knows more than us, He does what we can't do. He takes our sin and gives us His righteousness. He accomplishes our salvation. And what do we do? We fear Him and love Him and trust Him. You know the words of the Apostles' Creed. Stay seated and tell the world what it is to fear and love and trust the triune God in the words of the Apostles' Creed. What do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This is the one and only true God who's behind the mask. Stand with me, please, for the prayer of the church.